Hello and welcome to The Kosh. I'm your host, Timber Smith, and The Kosh is a podcast that spotlights people who've had an association with the Kosh or the surrounding Fox Cities area. Kosh listeners, how are we doing this morning? It's a beautiful morning. It's EAA week. That means that um, in my neck of the woods, there's a bunch of jets flying around every once in a while. Uh, But there's also some pretty cool visitors around here. And there is nothing that... uh, tickles me more than a good conversation with somebody who's visiting the Kosh from out of town during EAA. Those are some pretty wonderful people. And um, they they just crack me up, especially the people who come every year, because like they they have their own point of view of what the Kosh is and they got there and they move like they know the places they know where they like to eat. um, And they enjoy that visit every year. It's something they truly look forward to. So, you know, I like to think that uh, we we uh, townies and regulars of the cash here, we're really good hosts um, and they're even better guests. Can't beat that. Right. Okay, so cash listeners. All right. You know what I'm going to say, but I got to say it because it's what we do here on the cash. I do not know how we get these amazing amazing guests week after week and this week is no different so without further ado this week's guest is pat haney what's up pat what's going on timber how you doing man i'm doing great all right outside of the traffic getting down here as you uh alluded to in our EAA, man, it was nuts. I'm sorry. I'm sorry that I I, I kind of forgot to mention that. I didn't think about that uh, for this episode, that uh, you coming from where you're coming from, that you was going to run right into the air morning air show time. And it's serious out there. Well, hopefully you didn't go too far down the, like, 41 where you got near EAA and you decided to come off the highway a little bit earlier. No, actually, my uh, navigation had had me get off on 124. Okay. It was a different route, so I more or less missed that. All right. Well, good. That's good. You know, if if you do Google navigation, Google do you right sometimes. Sometimes, but, you know, there's those situations where uh, it'll say, your destination is on the left. Oh yeah, and it'll be a field. Mm, facts. Like there's nothing right there. Oh yeah. So you know, I, I mean, you have to trust it. But when you go to a place that you know, sometimes I do it just to say, hmm, let me see what directions they're gonna give me. I will say this: I, out of all of the navigations and GPSs from back in the day, I swear by Google Maps. Google Maps get me where I need to be, and it do me pretty right. You know, um, and it even tells me when there's a speed trap and it tell me when uh, <laughs> when there's construction. So I'm, I'm feeling Google Maps, but some of those other Google, uh, map programs are like if it's navigation built into your car. Mm, those are iffy. Those are iffy. Iffy at best. Iffy at best. OK, you ready to jump in? Let's do it. Uh, yes. So. Can you, uh, Pat, can you please tell us a little something about yourself and your associated association with the Kosh and the surrounding Fox Cities area? Well, first off, like I said, um, thank you for having me on the show. Uh, and uh, I'm originally from Illinois. I grew up in Kenosha, Wisconsin. Oh, okay. And I currently reside in Green Bay. 
and we'll forgive you for that (laughs) 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 and i worked in the hospitality and food service industry for like 20 years in a variety of capacities from utilities sanitation uh food and beverage manager safety coordinator and um uh asset protection okay what does that mean uh, asset protection? No, I just meant all of it. Like break it down in layman's terms. Okay. You gave me the the <laughs> official business. Like I want to know as somebody who don't know because I don't know. Okay, so uh, utilities, and this is in a um, hospitality setting. Uh, utilities is everything from the back of the house stuff that you don't see. Uh-huh. Uh, the wear washing, um, the food prep. Um, you know, in, in general sanitation. Got it. And uh, what other role? I had so many roles. Uh, and F&B manager, uh, especially in a, a hospitality setting when you have uh, multiple dining um, locations, it's it can be intense, but it's an excellent learning experience. If you can make it in that, you can make it in any standalone um, outfit. So it's a lot of uh, personalities, um, shifts in in the hospitality industry, depending on where it is. It could be uh, 24-7, 365. So don't anticipate having holidays off. Hospitality is no joke. You got family in the region here, or are you just here? Uh, Yes, actually, uh, my cousin Dan Taint, he's a... um, owner of a new business it's a shoe store and uh he sells a lot of interesting shoes Uh-oh. it's called uh shoe stock shoe store all right he he's not one of these jordan brokers is he no but he does have high-end shoes i mean it it's not in my price range but you know i was trying to work something out <laughs> but no it's interesting <laughs> shoes i mean it, it, it's shoes that i've never seen before okay you know, I mean, you may have seen him on social media or something, and he actually has them. Oh, I, you know, I'm not going to lie. I'm sad that my, I wouldn't, I didn't see it. I didn't, t- I didn't see it in the future. Like, I like to think of myself as a bit of a futurist, like I'm an early adopter, right? So I definitely, when I was in middle school and high school and college, you know, I, I didn't buy every Jordan, but I had a couple pair. You know, I definitely had a set of Jordan ones, but the Jordan ones I had really weren't Jordans. I had the the Georgetown ones. Remember them? Those were um, gray and blue. Yeah, those were Terminators. I think they called them. Right. And I definitely had a pair of like Jordan threes, uh, Jordan nines, Jordan 11s. Like, you know, throughout time, I had a couple pair. But, you know, I didn't think like. I should preserve them or that I keep them. But these would have been the originals. Now, if you have an original and not a reprint of it, man. You you know what? You're not the only one that think like that because I have flashbacks because in high school, I had like every pair of Jordans, every one that came out. I had so many Jordans. um, Any one of my friends could tell you I used to color on like a white pair. And they're like, why would you color on these? I mean, that's how many pair of shoes I had. Mm. I mean, I was... Really. I mean, I'm still into shoes, but, you know, as you and I was discussing earlier, it's not in the budget. You know? I mean, you could do it, but I would rather uh, invest in other things than 
you know, $200 pair of shoes. I don't know about you. You can do it, but I can't. <laughs> I choose I not to do it. Yeah, I can't, I can't justify it. I'm not going to lie. I mean, I spend a little money on a pair of shoes, but, you know, my my feet ain't grown since, I can, you know, high school. So I've been a nine and a half for a long time. And so, you know, I don't be throwing out shoes and just <laughs> walking through shoes. So I definitely got shoes that are like 20 years old still sitting around here that are like in mint condition because, you know, I I can't give them up because I ain't really did nothing with them. And, you know, that I don't know what you're supposed to do. Like I should donate them because if I ain't really worn them, and my wife's always saying this to me, right? But I can't do it. I just can't let them go yet. You, you know, I... And I, I don't know, uh, I probably have like 60 pairs of shoes in the basement. And I constantly buy shoes. But again, those shoes that I buy are steals or deals. You right. Know, and I'm, I'm just sort of, you know, that's my guilty pleasure, if you will. But again, I don't wear them out, you know. You know, I guess I'm, I don't know. That's just a, a thing that I like to do is collect shoes and have them to go with different outfits and and that's why they preserve because i don't wear them that often my man bro i probably got about 60 myself <laughs> maybe more uh but before we move along um you, you know we sort of touched on uh the ties so i didn't get into that because we got off into our sneaker conversation oh, no, go but, ahead. Uh, just let me delve into that uh so you know my ties to oshkosh and the fox cities is limited you know with the exception uh, most recently, I worked with uh, a nice lady named uh, Shaquan. She's the owner of Fat Mamas. Oh, yeah, Fat Mama. And, um, you know, we got together and, you know, we did some certifications. And um, from what I hear, um, her spot is a must-eat destination here in Oshkosh. So if I don't get over there before I leave, you know I'm going to hear about it. Oh, you going to go. Yeah, and, today and and it's it's interesting that you pose this question because uh, last week uh, I received a call from the Wisconsin Restaurant Association and they asked me uh, would I be interested in facilitating um, food safety classes and examination proctoring at uh, the Grand Meridian. I, it's in Appleton. I'm not sure mm -hmm. where it is. Oh, I know exactly but, uh, where it is. Yeah, yeah very that, nice, very nice. So that's for the. Um, 2024 season they uh, facilitate six courses uh, a year so you know I was um, you know I was excited to get the call actually she was like wow I didn't expect you to respond so quick and I'm actually sitting in a dentist chair and my phone go off <laughs> and the dentist was I'm like I gotta take this you know so I'm sitting here having this conversation and you know the dentist like uh, well yeah, just let me know when you're ready, you know, and I'm like giving them the signal, like, I got to take this, I got to take this. So, um, yeah, so hopefully, you know, that'll materialize into uh, opportunities because I'm moving all over the place and moving so fast. And as far as Oshkosh, um, I had the opportunity of meeting uh, Colin Trimmel. Uh, he's the economic development director here. Mm -hmm. And there's some initiatives that uh, I'm putting together that he and I are going to revisit in the future. So uh, I am growing ties down here and hopefully they'll spread throughout 
Okay, you making moves. Hey, big, oh, yeah. let me just give that shout out. Hey, shout out to Colin. Uh, shout out to Fat Mama. Oh, you already know. Much love to Fat Mama. <laughs> um, and hey, more importantly, congratulations on getting that phone call for that request. Okay, you ready to jump into the first segment? Let's get it. All right, the first segment is called What in the World is Going On? On with, and that is where you start with the phrase "What in the world is?" and then you tell us what is on your mind. Okay, well, I might have uh, revamped the way it generally goes, but I sort of got three things, but I'll just combine them. No, you, you look. So it's your episode. <laughs> you do it how you do it. But my first "What in the world is going on?" is accountability, and you know, not to delve too far in it, but. You know, it's almost like, what the heck's going on in this country? I mean, standards, you know, where are we at with that? I mean, every time I turn on TV, you know, one situation has just outdone the last one. And it's like, it's... Bruh. Facts. Yep. Is there one, is there something in specific, as something you've seen recently where you were like, man? Well, I mean, with, with all of, and I don't get into the political, you, you know, I don't have a um, view for either side. I mean, because it's, to me, it's a lesser of two evils. You know, you throw it up and, you know, the bottom line is what are you doing for the people? And Correct. they seem pretty good to have, to keep pit people against each other, you know. So, you know, that's yes. a, a really big turnoff, you know, unfortunately, and, also, you know, the, the other is the hypocrisy because my other, uh, what the heck's going on is why are athletes held to higher standards than politicians? Bruh. Oh my God. Yes. <laughs> that, that, man, that's I ain't good. never thought of that, that's but ridiculous. that there hit me like a, a ton of bricks. You, you know, and as an adult, there's a certain level of of accountability that we all must adhere to. Mm-hmm. With that being said, athletes are entertainers. Facts. You know, athletes don't uh, dictate um, laws. They don't dictate things that affect your family. You, you know, so I look at that in a different context, and the focus seems to be on athletes it's magnified you, you know and it's like okay so you, you can, i mean i'm not going to p- point out anyone in particular but just say you know for i don't know for the lack of trying to figure out what it is whatever the situation is if you say get a dui or cheat on your spouse you, you know they're calling for the athlete's job you, you know, but in some instances with politicians, you know, it's this glossing over and spin and it, it, I don't know. It's just an area that once in a while. I well, your team, your, if you aren't depending on what team you are, or who you're right. cheering for is really right. what it comes down to. And this might not be popular, but, you know, I equate, uh, you know, like your local neighborhood gangs and, you know, when they partake in different activities that may be unsavory and then the ones with them still roll with them knowing that they did wrong. That's no different than politicians. You know what the only difference is? Mm. The politicians are in suits. Ooh, bruh. 
you going hard today. And that wasn't my intent. No, you know, look, so it, look, we, we go move along. No, no, no. Hey, the topic came up, and I was like, you know what? This is a a nice opportunity. No, no, no. Hey, look, because I'm not I, the only one thinking that. I'm well, just saying it. Well, I agree with you on that, but it's it's actually how you're how you're actually just expressing it. It's the way you're saying it, and the way you're putting it out. It's very you can visualize it, and it makes too much sense. <laughs> like sometimes you can know what you're looking at, but until somebody just says it in a way that's so plain and profound, it gives you pause. Like what you just spit was two things that were just profound and plain. And it's just like, wow, it, you couldn't have said it any better. And I guarantee you right now, there's some people scratching their heads <laughs> going, Hmm. Yeah, I don't know if I can respond back to that. That's that's solid. I'm gonna have to call this one of the best. What in the world is going on with? Okay, you said you had one more. Well, no, I tied that in because okay. the first one was accountability. Okay, and the second yeah. was standards, holding right. people to certain standards. And then that's when the whole comparison with athletes and politicians. Yeah, I I think you're right because these are their job is to take care of us. Exactly. Their job. Is to represent us. And decisions that they make directly impact our lives. Directly. Athlete, you know, whether you're rude or whatever, whatever they do don't impact my life unless it's a encounter. What Correct. they do on TV, I see them from afar. Correct. But these laws and stuff that are getting passed and, um, and actually how the tone that these politicians set directly impacts your life, you know, how they choose to um, the side that they choose and how they choose to engage the other side, how they attack the other side, the tone of how they attack, what they attack the other side over. They literally put people's lives in danger. And, and it's, it's sad in the same time. And just to, you know, add on to that, look at, politicians and we'll just for the sake of whatever uh let's say the left and the right just view them as parents okay and view us as the children so in your household in my household in every household growing up if the parents are bickering and fighting and it's just a mess of a situation how does that affect the kids Okay. No, I can't have them as my parent now. No, but no, no, no. But I know I like I like that, the that's just analogy. Yeah, I like the analogy though. But so the analogy is is saying if all I witness is this, it becomes normalized. Well, and that's the problem that's going on now. Everything is is normalized. Well, it's okay be, to lie. You there know? should be difference in opinion, and we do need different political parties, um, but. The problem is when you don't stand for anything and you're just villainizing another side because of difference. You're just seeking out legitimate, just difference because they live differently or they are different, uh, maybe a different race or a different culture or different, just different. And you're just picking at them, not that they did anything to you, not that they harm your family or your way of life, but just because they're different. 
and we're just picking at it and we're trying to take things away from people like this is wild right now and they don't stand for anything you know what i want you to figure out I want you to legitimately figure out how to maximize our tax dollars. I'm not saying I want you to necessarily cut my taxes, but I'm saying maximize it. So you are at legitimately taking care of the people more than some of the other things that we spend taxes, tax dollars on. Um, Cause I don't feel that we do that. It seems like we're constantly trying to cut taxes on the backs of the actual social social side of things where we should be trying to take care of people. We should take care of poor people. We should provide things. We're a really wealthy country. Um, this system isn't set up for everybody to actually make it through the system. Um, we should maybe subsidize some things where we need people who do the base level work. That's part of what makes things work around here. Everybody can't be management. Everybody can't have a six-figure job. And so, with that being said, you have to allow them to have a livable wage. Facts. You know, because right. those are the, the thankless jobs, you know. Uh, they were they they weren't um, we we thanked them for a little while <laughs> during COVID when they were essential workers. You know what? And I'm going to throw another one out there. I know I'm digressing, but uh, veterans, you know, um, I'm in the process of getting involved in some home building in the uh, Green Bay area. And there's a lot of great work being done for veterans, um, Habitat for Humanity. Mm -hmm. And I'm working with them on some volunteer initiatives. And, you, you know, I... I just seeing that aspect and meeting um, service members and former veterans, that's another what in the world's going on. And that's been going on for a long time. And the question that I pose is why aren't the government doing more? There shouldn't be a homeless veteran in this country. Mm -hmm. you, you know, that's great that we have programs and, you, you know, you always see a commercial, hey, donate to this uh, program and that, and that's an indictment against our country because if those men and women went to fight for us and continue, how do you arrive home and try to figure out what you're going to eat or where you're going to sleep? Bruh. It's complex. That's what I'm going to say. It's complex. And, uh, you aren't wrong. Hey, and, and it's easy to throw out the problem <laughs> no, no, and no. the solution is, you, you know, what we, well, this was the only reason I say that is because this was my world. You know, I, I, I'd worked in this world for some years and um, professionally and it, it's it's complex. And, and but you aren't wrong in that there shouldn't be anyone out there who served that isn't able to at least live at base level um, and provide resources. And, and a lot of times it, there are the resources out there. Um, it's sometimes depending on how that veteran served or when that veteran served, it's getting the veteran to actually trust the system to go get the resources. So then I definitely looking at it from more uh, perspectives than just one. And you know, that's more or less me looking at it from the outside. That's fair. Okay. Well, you went hard. 
That was beautiful. That was beautiful, and, Pat. And I it, loved it. That wasn't my intention. Hey, stop yeah. it. Bruh. That was fantastic. <laughs> All right. My what in the world is going on with is what in the world is going on with the fake adu- uh, abduction with uh, <laughs> Carrie Lee Russell. All right. Look. Okay. I want to say when this all kicked off, I was like, man, this is wild. But here's what I did like about it. Normally, America, when black, when, when black women go missing, we don't get that level of alert. Definitely. The attention is not paid at that same level. So the fact that all of a sudden there was like real alerts about this young lady. Like it went hard. News hit it. It was on uh, social media, had it traveling. People was looking for this young lady. Like I was proud for the moment. I was like, okay, okay. We, the, the playing field is leveling out a little bit, just a little bit, you know? And then you start hearing the stories, right? And you're like, man. And then she came back and you're like, okay. And people were like, "Mm, this seems hinky. People, people right away was like, eh, something seems wrong. It's a little sketchy. And I was like, okay, I'm not going to jump in. I'm going to give it time to breathe because I just think people are rushing her to tell her story. If she'd been through a traumatic experience, let's just give her time to, you know, to process, process and and heal and do whatever she got to do. We'll get the story eventually because, you know, they was not going to let it go, you know. Uh, law enforcement was going to have to get the, the story out of it. And, and let's be honest, the uh, uh, internet was going to have to get it. Social media wanted it. News wanted it. Everybody wanted the story. So I figured it would happen. And the thing that made me actually buy into the story was the boyfriend. Cause when she came back, the boyfriend stood in solidarity and said, you don't know what she's been through. And I promise you, since she's been home, she came back home shook. She has been through trauma. And I know because I'm her man. And this, that, and another. Right? And I was like, okay. I, I feel that. I felt everything about that. Right? Why this next week? <laughs> she coming out. And I lied. And I was like, no, don't do that. Don't do that. And and with the whole toddler on the side of the road abduction trick deal, yeah. like that threw a whole nother wrench. Cause I was like, who's using babies to snatch women? Like that's there's low. Like that's a, a new low. That's a whole nother level of low. That's that's not even something I would think of for a movie. Babies? <laughs> I was like, because that was the thing. Look, that piece right there was so odd that it almost made it believable because it was just that odd. <laughs> right? Uh, excuse me. <laughs> no, I mean, that's, a, that's just, I'm just telling you this. What, I mean, what do you think? What do you think? Uh, you covered it. <laughs> I'm not gonna touch that. You're not gonna touch it. <laughs> no. I ain't gonna, okay. Well, that's fair. That's no. fair. So, that was that is uh, why why 
um, you know, Carrie Lee uh, or Carly, um, why? Why Miss Russell? Don't do that. That That's just because you know what ends up happening. It When things happen in our community, it doesn't just affect the person. It affects the whole community. Exactly. Because there's judgment that goes around for all. Exactly. So we don't have that luxury where the one person just gets stapled with their flawed mistake. <laughs> you know, and what, what I would equate that to is that uh, situation with, uh, what's that actor name from Empire? Oh, I don't. I, oh, 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 yeah, yeah, that, that was, man, you know, but his, Dave Chappelle said it the best when he was like, you know, that community was up in arms with the black community for not showing them support. Right. And but, but Dave the, Chappelle said that the black community was showing them support, but they were showing them support with their silence because they knew that he clearly was lying. Right. Cause that, because <laughs> didn't, none of that add up. That just didn't. Uh, yeah. It, 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 and that's it. Sometimes the support is silence where we don't just call <laughs> it out and blast it all all out and be like, mm-mm. Exactly. So, all right. We're going to move to the next segment. Next segment is word association. This is where I say a word and you tell us what comes to mind. Um, we always start off here on the cash with the unifying word, the word that we all can gather around and get with, and that word is food. All right. Well, what comes to mind when you mention food to me is um, a memorable dining experience and trying different cuisines. You got a favorite joint? Uh, I really like uh, Nakashima. Oh, okay. Yeah. I, I believe they have one down here. They in, do. Or in Appleton, rather. Right. I haven't tried that one, but in Green Bay, it's it's a favorite of mine. Yeah, it's a good time. I I haven't been there in years. Uh, we used to make the mistake when we were young and it mattered uh, to try to go there like on a Valentine's Day, which is a horrible idea. What? You know what? And based on what you said, you know, I'm having a flashback. I was at a uh, manager outing after a responsible business uh, committee meeting and I had a white shirt on and a um, salmon tie. And the guy was up there chopping his stuff and doing his little da-da-da. And I'm like, hey, buddy, you, you know, nah. You know, because he's chopping up shrimp and throwing them up. And, you know, you got the patron participation. And they're like, yeah. And I'm like, no, no. And I sort of was embarrassed because I sort of got outside my element. Because I gave him a couple op opportunities, you know. And I'm like, hey, hey, you know, not over here. And he got the flipping the shrimp up and ta -ta -ta, one hit, hit my tie, you know. So then I stood up and, you know, I sort of got out of character, you know. And my party was looking around like, ooh, Pat, you all right? You, you know, but I had – so that was a bad experience there. Mm. Outside of that, I really liked the food that they have. Okay. Cocktail or beer? Uh, I would have to say Neither. I don't drink anymore. I, actually, I haven't. 
drank uh, this New, uh, New Year's Eve of uh, 23 will be six years for me. Okay. Yeah. What do we like to drink? Everybody's got their something. You could be uh, my go-to. You you know what? I cut back on soda, so um, I'm a fan of apple juice. Ooh, me too. I like apple juice. Don't buy it no more. But I like apple juice. <laughs> you know, but you know, I try uh, all different varieties of juice. You know, water too. I try to get a lot more water intake because. You know, in the course of a busy day, you may look up like, oh, wow, I only had one glass of water. You know, so. No, I feel that. I'm I'm working on my water intake, too, but I'm doing it through tea. Me and tea are becoming really good friends. So is there a particular tea? Um, black. Well, it depends on the time of day. So I start off in the morning, and I want a black tea of some sort. I like lemon lift, so a black tea with some lemon in it. Is there, or I do an English breakfast tea is always good. And then as the day goes on, I might move into more of a green tea because then the ca- I want the high caffeine in the morning and black tea has the most caffeine. And then I move into like a green tea, which that's a more smoother caffeine buzz to me by the afternoon. So then by the time I go home, I can actually go to sleep and I ain't got the shakes because uh, coffee for me right now, I can't do that caffeine anymore without having some shaky repercussions where the hands can't stand still. Exactly. And I, you know, that was a conversation we had uh, earlier uh, when I told you I had a whole pot yesterday. And mm, bruh. oh my gosh, I didn't touch it uh, this morning because I mean, I was wired. I didn't, I probably got to sleep around 2 30 this morning. Mm. Now, I'm not gonna lie, every once in a while, though, I will give me some bougie coffee, <laughs> give me give me a nice little bougie uh, Starbuckish something or another, and it makes me happy. Concert, I would have to say. High energy and uh, fan partic- fan participation. What's the last concert you went to? Ooh, so now you're gonna? Oh, I'm dating. Yes, I don't have no shame neither. I'm gonna be there with you. I'm trying to think. Um, oh wow, it was back in the days. Actually, it was Summerfest, and I believe it was uh, Jodeci. <laughs> Uh, Bruh. <laughs> who else was there? Um, was it Jodeci or was it Casey and JoJo? Because, you know, I feel you know, like. Yeah, Casey and JoJo. Um, I believe it was Hammer there. Oh, no, no, no. I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm going back too far. It, it was a uh, Luther Vandross. Oh. Yeah, a friend of mine um, talked me into going, and it was, it was amazing. He put on a really good show. You can't be This was Luther. years ago. No. <clears throat> and, you know, the crazy part about it, and I'm sure you probably experienced this, uh, you know, just, you may know some songs, but have you ever been at a concert and somehow you know all the words mm. that so, you never knew? Right. Sometimes <laughs> you don't realize how many songs you know of them. Right, you you've been listening to him. You ain't really thought about, it, and you're like, oh, I know, I know. Wait a minute, I know. Yes, 
And yes, I can sing. Well, I don't know if I know the song, uh, words to any full song, but I know some choruses. You know, then you can get your hum in there. (laughs) And I know some Luther because I used to play. I definitely, especially the best of Luther. That was when I was in high school. That was the slow jam tape. That was that was a thing thing. What they used to say, baby making music. Facts. Facts. (laughs) Luther. That's a, was Luther, wait, was this, you know the question we always ask. Luther big Luther. Yeah, exactly. Was it skinny Luther or big Luther? It was skinny. Okay. You know, because for some reason we we feel like that matters. (laughs) Like he was singing better as one Luther versus the other Luther. You know, and you get people that have that debate. No, I prefer big Luther over little Luther. They do the same thing to Oprah. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> you know what i was just oh man i i don't i was just having that conversation um it had to be a couple of days we were talking about weight fluctuations and um i don't know how we got on the topic but i was like you know uh like because oprah has went through that you know right. up and down and up and down and you know that has to be challenging yeah you know but I mean, on the bright side, at least you know you can do it because you've done it several times. Look, Oprah is a billionaire. She knew she won't. Yeah, she yeah. can drop her body off at the gym. Uh, right. And ask them to, to work call, it out for her. Right. Put call it back on. Ready. Yeah. Call <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So I'm not I'm not trying to hear it about Oprah at all. And she's one of my fan favorites. Um, streaming. I would have to say, uh, you know, binge watching uh, series across um, the different platforms. Actually, uh, lately I've been watching, and it's it may be old to, you know, the listeners, but it's new to me. Um, this particular one is Tyler Perry's The Oval. Okay. And it's pretty good because I've seen, um, you know, I flipped through and I was like, ah, but I ended up watching the first couple episodes and three seasons later, I'm still in it, it you know, but there's all type of stuff, you, you know, cause when I do get downtime, I just like to veg out, Yeah, you know, and the plus side of that is, and it spoils you because, you know, when you normally watch, you know, a show, you have your commercials and then you have that all dreaded, scenes from next week but you don't get that <laughs> you, you know you just sit up there so you, you know streaming is is has actually spoiled us because some things i won't even watch and i'll wait till they gather up okay because i want to watch them in succession i hear that all the time where people are like like if there's a show because you know there's a couple of shows out there on on um like hulu or whatever and they release it weekly and people can't even stand it no more like they can't wait a week. Like we that used to be life. Right. Where you watch Dallas and Dallas would go, you know, and you checked in every Friday night on Dallas, right? right. And uh that is a thing now where people can't even like my wife says that all the time, like, no, nah, I wanna wait because I need to watch like the whole thing or whatever. And I I don't mind the week thing. So like uh Ted Lasso, um Murders in the Building are some of some of the things I streamed where they release it weekly, and I 
I would watch it on Friday. So I'd come home from work on Friday with the wife and sit down. And that was our thing. And I looked forward to it all day. And there's something about that feeling of anticipation because I knew I would sit down every Friday. We usually get like a little pizza and joint, you know, so I get my pizza together. I get in, I get to watch my episode of Ted Lasso. And I was like, ah, it's a good Friday. Like it was a good way to come home from work. And, and you know, that's when we're getting a little older because that's an actual activity and you look forward to it. You know, like certain things when you're young, you're like, ooh, you know, we might be going skating or something, you know, and now it's like, ooh, I get to sit down and watch this and you get all your little creature comforts together and you get up on your perch and <laughs> you're calling me out, man. Call no, hey, <laughs> bro. You ain't wrong, though. Uh, shop local. For me, that's uh, investing in the community, you know, by supporting local small businesses, you know, and uh, as a new and up and coming business, you know, I find myself lending my support, you know, whenever necessary, you know, hitting the farmer's markets. And I don't, during this time of year, I don't even buy produce in the grocery store. You know, I have to hit the farmer's market. Hmm. Okay. Well, that's fair. I think that's a good move. Um, I definitely support farmer's market. I don't know if anything says local quite like the farmer's market. Um, but I, I'm not going to lie. I don't buy a lot of vegetables from the farmer's market. Um, my favorite thing to buy from a farmer's market is a burrito from the burrito man. If he is <laughs> around, but the burrito man did not show up this year. So I'm mad at him. And Kosh listeners, nobody has found the burrito man, so I'm mad at y'all too, because y'all supposed to find the burrito man for me. <laughs> yes. Uh, my new thing now is at the farmer's market, there's this uh, place that does these iced coffees, and um, I do a, like an iced chai tea, and it is fire. So good. So it's, is it uh, packaged, or is it... Uh, ready to go no it's ready to go okay yeah so like a coffee sh- but it's chai tea but you know when they do these chai teas there's like a um i'm lactose intolerant so i have them make it with like an almond milk and it's just good it's uh it's right that's what i'm gonna say and i wouldn't think like i've uh i've always had a little like a little apprehension about hot drinks turning cold but nah, these are good He's really good. So diversity. Uh, diversity. Um, I guess, you know, taking interest, you know, in learning about other cultures, you know, and respecting their way of life, customs, uh, traditions, and beliefs, and namely those around in my community. Um, because, you know, what, I feel it tends to do is broaden your horizons, you know, because from a distance, you know, you may view someone and form an opinion, but, you know, the only true way to get to know and understand someone is to actually delve in there and, you know, ask those questions that you want to know respectfully, but, you know, it gives you a broader uh, sense and then ultimately a respect. You know, because you may see someone eat a certain food or wear a certain uh, dress or, you know, I mean, as in terms of attire, 
you know, it may be something that you're not used to seeing, you know, but once you, you know, get to understand and get a little background into why, you know, it's interesting, you know, and then you develop a more profound respect. I mean, that's how I view it, you know. I think you spot on. Um, I just think we just need to get to know each other. And the more we learn about each other, the more we find out we really ain't all that different. Exactly. And and once people get past that fear, you, you know, because, you know, unfortunately, I've uh, fostered relationships with people over time. And, you know, once we got to know each other, you know, they open up and be honest. It's like, well, you know, I didn't know. You know, I might I was kind of intimidated or, you know, but it was like, man. He's a cool guy, you know, and vice versa. I know I've worked with people in past years, and I was like, oh, he's, uh," you know, it's like, no, he's really cool. And one good example is um, he was a really good friend of mine, my neighbor, same name, Pat, and uh, he had passed away in 2000 unexpectedly. But he was a, a staunch conservative, you know, like, uh, and it was the weirdest thing because that was my buddy. I mean, it, 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 that was, it was weird. Cause my brother was like, man, he, he's a, uh, you know, but I was like, no, that's bad. That's my guy. You know, we would go places <laughs> all together. You know, we would have our little debates, you know, uh, well, what about this? You know, and he'll come back with a rebuttal. But at the end of the day, you know, we laughing and, you know, just hanging out. And so, you know, I'm not really into, you know, judging by faces, you know, more or less by actions, you, you know, and I'll give you the opportunity, you know, and that's what's missing, you know, the prejudging and, you know, that's. Maybe what's missing is the opportunity. That's the key word. The opportunity. Right. We ain't giving each other these opportunities to just see each other and humanize each other. I think that's where it all falls apart. You know, and that's and just to piggyback on what we had discussed in the earlier segment was, um, you know, in our what the world, what's going on in the world. It's this division. I've never seen nothing as ugly as that. You, you know, I believe it was. Uh, I want to say 2020 and I actually know people that were really good friends and fell out over political, you, you know, philosophies. And it's like, man, you knew this person for 10 years, 20 years. I mean, I've heard of situations with spouses was falling out, you, you know, and I think that's, that's disheartening, you, you know, that's, it's a tough one. It is tough. It's tough because I, I hey, it's funny you say that. I used to, uh, I had a real one of my closest friends, um, and this was my boy. I call him my brother. I assume, to this day, big shout out to to Todd Moen, my brother, and um, he was a conservative too. But that was my man. One hundred grand, he had me, and we we did everything together. I mean, that cat, we kicked it. Right. And um, and one thing we've never done is we still haven't let any of this nonsense get in the way of our friendship um, at all. But, you know, it's funny you talk about that. Like it, 
we shouldn't politics shouldn't be in the middle of our relationships like that. Exactly. Uh, you know, the, and the bad thing is since politics really ain't about politics no more, you know, politics should be about, you know, like budgets and how things get paid and services and all that kind of stuff. But it's gotten real personal. It's about identities. It's things of that sort. And I mean, I, I, I'm just baffled by, and this is collectively how the country, and that's not everybody. I don't want to paint everyone with a broad butt uh, brush. Uh, with that being said, it it's the acceptance of blatant lying. I mean, why? How have lying become so accepted and normalized? You, you know, and, and they come up with clever words, half truths. You know, and to me, a half truth is a whole lie. <laughs> Bruh. Uh, yes. Yes. My favorite my favorite term that I felt like changed the game was fake news. <laughs> fake news changed the game. <laughs> right? Or wait, wait, there was another one, alternate facts. Those alternative clever, alternative facts. Clever words. Alternative facts. How do you have alternative <laughs> facts? Facts are facts. I don't know. All right. So, and, uh, no, I feel you on that. All right. I'm done with that. <laughs> we would have went down a long rabbit hole. Um, last word. Resources. Keyword networking. Networking has been huge for me. Um, and the crazy part about it, you, you know, I used to hear the term networking years ago, and I'm like, uh, I just glossed over it. Like networking is just a boring uh, opportunity to spend time and lie to each other, you know, and I couldn't have been further from the truth because um, just this year alone, the networking lunches that I've been to, I've met, you know, so many people and so many doors opened and, you know, I can use you for an example. You, you know, you and I were brought together through a networking process and you know a lot of people that I know and that circle is just expanding. And I mean, I, I could be a spokesman for networking. That's how much I appreciate what it's done for me. Mm. Agreed. Networking is powerful. And um, the power in it is when we get to know each other and we meet the right people and we have this understanding that we're all trying to uplift each other, uh, the amazing things that can happen. And, you know, the gist of it will be it's common goals mm -hmm. because it's expanding and elevating and you know, those resources is out there. You know, I can say, oh, man, I wish I would have, uh, you know, took this approach years ago. But, yeah, perhaps I wouldn't have been ready. You know, timing is everything. Timing is everything. Okay. We're ready for the next segment. The next segment is the Kosh Hidden Gems. Um, this is where you share with the Kosh listeners a hidden gem. And it could be something, maybe it's something everybody knows about. And maybe there's a particular about it that they don't know. Or maybe it's something that a lot of people don't know about. And it's not 
It's not subject to just the cash. It can be in the Fox Cities region. Uh, what do you got? Well, my particular hidden gem is in Green Bay, and it would have to be the Fox River Trail. Now, mind you, I've been in Green Bay for uh, 23 years, and for 20 of those years, I had never been on a trail. You, you know, I'm from the inner city, so, you know, that exploring, you know, that really wasn't part of the makeup. But um, needless to say, you know, I got on the Fox Trail and, you know, I would take my bike out and, you know, just ride for like five miles. And then it just kept growing in terms of the distance. And, you know, I generally get on uh, by the city deck downtown Green Bay. And, you know, I would just ride it and it came to a point where I was going out so far, it was nothing but cornfields. And, you know, I started getting nervous because I started seeing signs and it was like, um, don't worry about the uh, police. Um, you, you know, these like we we handle our own things. out here. I mean, I've never even been out that far. I mean, it was but it's so peaceful because along that trail, you know, you have the water. And, you know, there's, um, you know, benches if you want to pull over and, you know, just sit there and just think and absorb whatever it is, you know, that's on your mind and, and decompressing, you know, especially if, you know, you have a lot of things going on and, you know, you dealing with a lot of things. Sometimes it's just nice to get out there because it's so peaceful and serene and, um, it's this particular flower um, that's out there, but it smells so good. Um, it's not, I want to say lilac. I'm, I'm not sure. It's, um, I'm not thinking of the name, but whatever it is, I, I can just envision that smell. I don't know if you've been on trails with the wildflowers, but I mean, it's, I even smelled the potpourri fragrance before, you know, in a can. Uh, I can't think of the name of it. Uh, and I'll, probably remember it when I leave <laughs> but I mean it, it's just that experience for me and and also I was getting in shape you know so evidently you know I haven't been out there too many times this year but uh <laughs> but uh, I'm definitely gonna get out there but that would have to be my hidden gem I like it all right I do do trails a little bit but I'm not like deep off into the woods <laughs> kind of trails you know Bruh. that ain't my life i'm yeah. not about that life because i don't want to see signs like the signs you just yeah, said you was, saw i'm like okay that's a good indication that you are a little too far out i mean that's a, that's exactly highways and you you know the first thing that struck me was seeing um i'm sure you've been over the uh, 172 bridge by the green bay correctional mm -hmm. you know and i've never seen it from below and that's part of where the trail runs through, you know, so I'm out there taking pictures. I haven't put them on a, one of my old websites. I mean, really beautiful pictures, sun, blue skies. And it. I really like the trail and there's other trails that I've been on. But that one in particular, I like it because of the scenery. All right. We got um, we definitely got people who do trails that listen to the cash. So that's another one we're going to add on to there. What's the cash need? Uh, I would have to say um, 
expanding your reach in terms of uh, guests. And that's not saying that you're not doing it, but actually that is a compliment to the Kosh because I know you probably know it, but you are definitely growing. Sorry about that. Oh, no worries. No worries. Uh, you, you know, your viewership is, is expanding its reach. And, you know, I'm going to do my part because I have some very important candidates in which uh, I think would do the cause justice just to get out their message and their perspectives on things. And, man, you're doing a wonderful thing. I mean, I've heard so much stuff. And I, I didn't tell you this, but I was going to seek you out, you know, because uh-huh. I heard about the, you know, the good things. And, then you know, I listened and I'm like, oh, wow, you know, I want to uh, – you know, get to meet him and, you know, discuss some things. And here we are. Yes. Um, and uh, you know what I appreciate? You're the first person that's ever taken that and gone in that direction with it. Um, and I appreciate everything you're saying. You know, all we hope to do is to give voice to our neighbors and to give a platform for people. So I want people to understand who lives in these communities and the good stuff that they're doing. Um, or how they feel living in this community. You know, how does it feel as whoever, whatever your background, whatever your identity is, how does it feel to live here? Because so many of us live in our silos, right? I'm lucky enough that I work in a, in a job where I get to cross paths with all sorts of people, all sorts of people, and get to have some pretty engaging in-depth conversations on a lot of topics that a lot of people might not get to have conversations with people from these different demographics and backgrounds. But I think it's so important for us to know who our neighbors are, who we share community with, and how do we help each other? And that's what I always hope that people get from the cash. And, you know, that's, you know, that's nice to hear, uh, because man, and my first uh, thoughts, you know, it was a little apprehension because it was like, well, I don't live in Oshkosh and it's for Oshkosh, hence the name, the Kosh. And, you know, but it couldn't be further from the truth. You know, it's like, you know, it's that community, but you expand that community because community oh, yeah. isn't just the corner. Community can be defined by many you know, vast distances yeah and community it, community is de- defined to me by you know where there is a group of individuals people families um just trying to work and live together whatever that looks like right and in and hopefully creating resources so we're able to do that the best way we can Exactly. That's it. You know, and that community means it can be a block. It can be a neighborhood. It can be uh, a city. It can be a a county. It can be a state. Like, community is community. Exactly. There's really not boundaries on that. That's that's a better word right there in a nutshell. Okay. What we're going to do is we're going to take a quick commercial break right now. And then we're going to come back for story time. Did you know there are children in the Fox Valley in need of hearing aids? 
but their parents struggle to provide them because of lack of insurance or high copays? I am Juliette Sturkins, audiologist and board member of Here in the Fox Cities, and proud that this small local nonprofit organization has helped fund hearing aids for some 30 kids. Your donation would help more children hear. Visit hereinthefoxcities.org to learn more and to see their smiles. Every child deserves to hear. Okay, we're back. And now we are on to what is becoming my favorite segment here on the Kosh. And that is called story time. This is where our guest has an opportunity to share a story. And that story can be about absolutely anything. There is no rules to story time. It does not have to be about anything in specific. We just want a good story. So, Pat, what you got? Oh, wow. I have a lot of stories. Uh, but, you know, one particular, well, actually two uh, stories uh, stand out, and they both took place in uh, Los Angeles. Okay. Uh, so the <laughs> the first one was, uh, this was back in 93, and it was uh, my first year of school. Uh, I went to Moore Park uh, College in Moore Park, uh, about 30 minutes um, north of San Fernando Valley. So... Um, I had four roommates, a um, couple basketball players, a couple football players, and <coughs> excuse me, this was uh, January, and I remember it so well um, because, and again, I'm dating myself because I had brought a VHS tape uh, from Bruh. Wisconsin. <laughs> 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 you know, and I brought it out to California with me because at that time, Martin was real popular. Mm. So yes. the tape was full of Martin and I will never forget it. It was uh, four in the morning when I put the tape in and I sat back on the couch and I remember it vividly because it was four in the morning. And when you heard it on the news, you knew what time this event had took place. So what happened, I just uh, turned it on and I started hearing this, sound that I never heard before. I mean, it was, it was spooky. It, it was, it was, the ground was hitting so hard that stuff literally was breaking and you couldn't hear it break. That's how loud the ground was slamming together. So unbeknownst to me, uh, I was in the middle of an earthquake. Oh, bruh. And I mean, I can laugh now, but at that time, I was petrified, you know, I, I know I didn't use the bathroom, but I probably was very close to doing that. And, uh, it, it was a little funny, um, because what had happened was we had a, uh, trophy case above the couch that I was sitting on. And one of my football, uh, playing roommates used to chew tobacco and you're familiar with Seven Eleven, Yeah. And those. So he had like a big gulp cup. You know, and he would spit chew in there and he happened to have it on the shelf. <laughs> so as everything got this uh, slapping, this big cup come down on me and I'm covered in chew. Oh, no. 
<laughs> but that didn't even matter. I was so scared. You, you know, I'm like, I started screaming. <laughs> I was like, the world is ending. The world is ending. And I see these guys laughing at me. You know, they got up and moved, but they were like, hey, get up, stand in the doorway, stand in the doorway. Man, I, I literally thought the world was in it because I've never experienced that. You know, you hear it or you may see from a distance on TV. Oh, there was an earthquake. And, you know, you know, it's like, oh, wow. You see the devastation after the fact. But that was probably the most traumatic moment of my life. And it was so scary. Um, everything was black after that. And we finally went outside, you know, to assess some of the damage and you know there were apartments we were in this particular condo uh, but over there were other apartments you know not too far away and some of them literally pancaked so we were fortunate and uh you know that was a, a traumatic experience and the days to follow was even rough because um you know kids that we went to school with you know, some of them had lost their life and it was, you know, it was a, a, a real traumatic uh, situation. You know, school was sort of somber and, you know, they had counselors in there and, and I mean, it, it was an experience and it was this one officer cause this happened at four in the morning and it was a state trooper um, was heading to work on, I don't know if it was a, 405 or 10 whatever particular freeway it was but you know those freeways are high right and um the freeway had broke so he literally drove it was dark still he literally drove off down to you know an unfortunate you know situation and the days to follow i wasn't aware of but when you have an earthquake uh, they have aftershocks. Yeah, I'm sure you heard of aftershocks. Yes. But the aftershocks can be just as violent as that 15, 20 second earthquake that you just experienced. And they happen at the most unopportune time. So all the phone lines were dead. And um, this it was January. I don't remember the particular day, but it was the 6.6. So it was up there in terms of its uh, devastation. So, you, you know, I'm trying to reach my mom in Kenosha and I can't because the phones are, um, you know, the phone lines are dead. And, you know, I'm like, oh, I don't like California. You know, I mean, I was so petrified. And this was um, the second semester. And as soon as the phone lines came up, you know, I went to B of A and drew out my money and I was on the next plane out of California. Bruh. You said it was a wrap. I, I was, I'm out of here. I didn't even complete the year. I was like, mm. I'm done. Mm -mm. Yeah. So that was, yeah, that was a really um, tough situation. You know, I, I in the Midwest, we get, you know, tornadoes. You may see a little damage or whatever, but you know, to actually be in the middle of that, that was, that was quite, different. quite the experience. <clears throat> yeah. All right. Okay. So <laughs> you said you had two. Oh, you got okay. two? 
Well, yeah. So the second story uh, was Los Angeles also. And this was uh, two years later. So it was I'd say roughly 96. And uh, a friend of mine I went to school with had um, got drafted by the Los Angeles Lakers. So I witnessed California from a, you know, college perspective. So, you know, my second time going out there, you know, was a little bit different, you know, given uh, the exposure and the things that I saw. And um, I remember this so well because um, we were all at uh, Nick Van Axel's house and uh, he was getting ready for a game. You know, they had to be there probably you know, four hours before or whatever it was. So one of his assistants took me, myself, and a few other buddies uh, to the game. And uh, so after the game, we went into um, – it, at that time, it was the uh, Great Western Forum. So uh, where we sat, we sat on the floor. And uh, it was so crazy because I was sitting right <coughs> next to uh, Magic Johnson's wife, Cookie. And on the other side of me was uh, Jerry Ball, and he played for the Raiders at the time. And, you know, he big guy. He was like, hey, hey, hey you guys want some hot dogs? You know, like, yeah, give me some hot dogs. He passed them all down, and, you know, he was like, hey, buddy, uh, slide over. I need a more, little more room. You, you know, and I, I've been to a lot of basketball games growing up, you know, because uh, I'm just up the road from Milwaukee and – Chicago is pretty much course of peace. Right. right. So, you know, I got to see Bucks games, Bulls games, but those games, I was in the nosebleeds. So this particular experience was surreal, you know, on the floor. And then I, um, I, I told, you know, buddies about, you know, these experiences over the years, you know, but I, it was crazy. Cause I look over, uh, we're right behind the bench. We are on the floor like the first, you know, uh, seats behind the bench. And under the uh, basketball hoop on the left side was um, Jim Carrey and uh, what was the other one? Rob Lowe. And, I mean, I can see them just as close as you and I are, mm. you, you know. And, you know, I'm trying to, you know, keep my composure and not, you know, act like I've been somewhere. Right. You will. But it was hard, you know, because you're like, <laughs> hey, you know, I see them on TV and, you know, it was just, it was a crazy experience. So after, after the game, you know, the players coming over talking, you know, to celebrities and whatever. And, uh, the assistant was like, Hey guys, um, I need you to come with, come with me. So I'm like, okay, where are we going? You know? And when we came in, they put a, uh, like a fluorescent sticker or, you know, a stamp on our hand. And uh, I'm like, all right, let's go. And he was like, hey, uh, we going to the forum club. So we walked across the court and we went in there and I'm like, what the hell is this? It was literally a club in there. And you name it, they was in there. And mm. I was like, oh, my gosh. I'm like, oh, we in here. You, you know, it, it was it was uh, experience. And Nick was like, hey, you know, they're not going to believe you, but, you know, just enjoy yourself, have fun, you know, because I'm thinking, oh, I can't wait to tell such and such, oh, you know. And, I mean, it was quite the experience. And this is right after the basketball game. Right. 
So um, the players was getting dressed. And uh, I'm thinking we're about to hang out on. I'm hey, let's get some more. Let's get some drinks, you, you know. And uh, so I'm like, no, no, I don't want to leave. So Nick comes out and uh, four of us rode with his assistant. And Nick went to the game by himself. So he was like, hey, what's up? You want to roll? I'm like, I'm rolling with you. He was like, all right, come on. So we go through this one little tunnel. And uh, he prepped me before we went out. He was like, hey, when we get through this door, just keep walking fast. Don't uh, don't stop. Just keep walking fast. And as soon as he opened that door, um, I, you've been to Lambo. Well, there's a uh, like parking that goes up from down, you know. So they had Nick's car right there. And as soon as we go out the door, all of these lights and cameras was Nick. Hey, so what about it? And it was the craziest surreal experience you you know and it was uh fans heckling hey give me your shoes and he just kept walking and they was you know cussing and saying whatever and he was like come on come on he's laughing he's like come on man come on you know and i'm taking it in i'm like i'm arguing with the you know the fans and he's like man get in the car just i walk right out there and it's a literally a, a tnt camera in my face and he was like he laughing because he used to it and right. he knew that i was going you know <laughs> you know take in the experience so you you know i get in the car and i i mean it was the most amazing experience and he he's laughing the whole time because he know he's like he's from kenosha you know he's not used to seeing this and i mean it was the most surreal feeling i mean i had the chills i mean i was like man look you know i just it, it was an amazing experience and you, you know people don't really get to experience and at that time you, you know how uh, Kobe came around a little lab, later and Shaq, but just, you, you know, how they had developed that stature in L.A. Right. At that time, Nick was that guy. We riding down the street and I'm seeing all these billboards and pictures of him and he right next to me in the driver's seat, you, you know, and I'm like, man, he just cool, though. You know, he never I mean, you wouldn't think he was any different, you know, and I'm like, dang, you know, you hear stories about how money and fame changes people. And he was the same dude, you, you know, and it, it was, I mean, it was uh experience that, you know, a lot of people won't get, you, you know, and I cherish that experience. And I mean, I can go on and on, but some of those topics would have to be discussed off air. <laughs> <laughs> Bruh. All right. Thank you. I'm not gonna lie, you had me on the edge of my seat on that one. I was uh I was in uh, enthralled in that story. That was a fantastic story. You know, we never know what we're gonna get with story time. And and that's what I like about it. Like it just it's so cool. Okay. All right. I love a good narrative. All right, well, you know what time it is. We're about to really get into it. Every time makes me feel good. It is time for the topic of the week. That topic of the week is chosen by our guest 99.9% of the time. Uh, and this is no different than any of those other 99.9% of the times. So, Pat, what's our topic of the week? 
So uh, my topic of the week is to give a little uh, insight into my business. And um, because I know you and I talked about it, but, you know, I just wanted to share a little, uh, you know, with your listening audience. And um, the name of my business is Six P Solutions. And I get a lot of questions about Hey, you know what's Six P Solutions? That was going to be my first question. And uh, so, you know, to answer that, uh, Six P Solutions is derived from my Six P philosophy of proactive preparation prevents poor performance plus profits, and was key, uh, conceived to cater to avoiding food safety while doubling as a content expert on safety, loss control, and uh, risk mitigation, and. I do this to educate clients and associates on best practices to defend against obstacles that factor into loss-producing incidents, which ultimately affects bottom lines and the uh, success or failure for many businesses. Um, and also, 6B Solutions, we strive to serve as content experts on uh, safety, risk mitigation, asset protection topics, and... Um, the vision and values are priorities as I'm dedicated to the development and accomplishments of those I lead in areas of integrity, professionalism, value creation, and excellent customer service while ensuring the highest level of confidentiality involving all client related matters. Uh, as part of our vision and values, uh, we embrace teachable opportunities to impart that knowledge, which spans across a wide spectrum uh, as far as um, written programs, procedures, and associate training. And this is in efforts to eliminating unsafe acts, workplace safety rules, violations, and food safety management systems while incorporating concepts for detecting, reporting, and resolving matters involving um, safety, inventory shortage, cash handling, and theft. Now, in this, I know I threw a lot at you. And, yes, uh, there is a lot going on. This can be uh, better understood in detail on the website. And just to get into just real brief, the uh, aspect of loss control, because, you know, someone say loss control, what does that mean? Well, loss control uh, means any loss producing incident that can be anything from um, a trip hazard, you know, because if an employee gets injured from you know, something being in the way, that's a loss producing incident because it affects your bottom line and it, you know, affects your insurance premiums. Another example of a loss producing incident can be um, someone not following your procedures and uh, a appropriately rotating. Um, in food safety world, it's called uh, FIFO, first in, first out. For instance, you may have uh, eight boxes of cheese or whatever and they're all dated and you get your new inventory in and you know you ha may have a you know not ambitious uh stock person and they sit there and they they use the new cheese instead of the cheese that was already in there first right or they put the new product on the shelf and push the old back so right. essentially what that does is keep the old back there getting older and essentially that's product that is now shrink or waste because you can't serve it to a guest. So that's a good example of a loss producing incident. So, um, and speaking of incidents, 
you know, there's a uh, stark difference between incidents and accidents because uh, incidents are acts that could be prevented. And accidents are situations that couldn't be avoided or right. prevented. So, um, yeah, it's, it's a lot of uh, interesting aspects. And I haven't even got into it uh, because we also provide um, food safety training for the uh, food protection manager certification. And I provide that through the National Restaurant Association and its Serve Safe program. Uh, in addition to the food handler. So the food protection manager certification generally is for your pick or person in charge because every operation that serves food uh, in whatever cap capacity uh, has to have a certified uh, food protection manager and you have to have that certification in your establishment. So um, I provide that as well. And uh, recently I just obtained my um responsible alcohol uh, instructor certification. And um, I'm in the process of tying that in with the state of Wisconsin tobacco and alcohol. And I'll also be providing that service. So it's a lot of good things going on for six piece solutions. All right. I kind of want to go back because uh, you, you went through a long list of things, right? And I want to go back and just kind of, so we can understand like who's your typical client uh, that you usually uh, that usually you, you're working with at this point in time, uh, who do you hope to gain as clients in the future? Um, is these are these services really central to service industry, food industry? Good question. Um, the beauty about it is you can be a convenience store. And you require my services. You can be a uh, restaurant, a hotel, um, a nursing home, a, um, a school, any uh, daycare, any um, facility or operation that serves food. And um, so the range is so wide. And, you know, fortunately for me, that's a good thing because. I do get a lot of businesses from a variety of different aspects. And then the individual, for instance, if you worked, um, say that you were a chef or cook and, um, you, you know, you was cooked for 10 years and you go, you know, to another, uh, employment opportunity. Now the difference of you taking your 10 years of experience, you know, with your resume and, Oh yeah, he's, he's pretty good cook. But when you have a, certification to attach with that that shows that you understand uh, how to serve food safe and you can take that information and share it with the other staff now you enhance your earning potential so not only do organizations do it but individuals do it to um, you know improve their uh, situation so I get calls from individuals and uh, small business owners and in uh, most recent uh, bigger organizations. So the reach is unlimited. And what I want to um, uh, add into the mix is um, the online. And I'm in a process of structuring that on my website where you can take a course in the uh, comfy confines of your own home. So, so a virtual option. Yes. And that COVID 
really was the uh, catalyst for getting a lot of this online going. I mean, online was always available, but not in the scope that it is now. So, you, you know, I'm going to uh, direct my attention to that as well, because in that facet, um, you can take it at your own pace. You know, you might do an hour here and, you know, at your pace. Right. That's big. I mean, people people want that now um, to be able to work around their schedules, but they still want to accomplish things. They want to have continuous education opportunities. Exactly. And, you know, I don't want to get too ahead of myself and um, speak on some certain things, but um, an initiative that I'm working on at at this point is um, uh, lending these services to uh, institutions that have, um, it, you know, offenders that may be getting out that works in that uh, space and capacity and just to uh, assist and give them a leg up, you know, because, you know, the, the uh, reality of the situation is, you, you know, people will do their time for whatever the situation is, but they have to make a transition because they're going to be in the community. Right. So, uh, and, and that's one thing that uh, Colin and I touched on. And again, I don't want to get ahead of myself, but you know, there's a lot of big things going on and I'm just happy to be a part of it. And I will share it at the right time, but you know, again, I don't want to put the proverbial cart before the horse, but that's fair. I'm excited about a lot of things that's going on. So what I'm hearing is, is like that there's, you will be providing opportunities for people who've been justice aligned in the past uh, where they can get certified and maybe this will help transition them into uh, professional opportunities. Exactly. Because they may already come equipped with skills, but with skills, you know, there's more in the equation. So if you bring more, I mean, cause you can bring skills to the table, but how will you um, convince me that you understand and how you do that is by becoming certified because that shows that you have the knowledge and the skills to incorporate that in my operation, your operation and any operation. And the beauty about it is it bodes well for your organization because, um, you, you know, even with your insurance, you, you know, if, if you take the initiative and even from our food handler perspective, if, uh, you know, for line staff or hourly, um, if they have taken these courses and those are, um, rare, uh, fairly, um, reasonable as it relates to, uh, price, the food manager, uh, certifications last for five years and they're a little more, but the food handler that's, um, I believe it's two years and it's just general knowledge and that's knowledge that everybody want to have. And it, it just adds value to your organization. If you take that proactive approach and, um, you know, say an unfortunate situation happens and the health department has to come out, you know, it bodes well that you've um, took the proactive approach and initiative to having all of your staff certified. So although it, it, it's still a concern, but the blow isn't as hard because from their perspective, you're trying and you're taking, you know, that proactive approach, as I uh, alluded to. So uh, in a nutshell, it, it's a lot of exciting things. It's a lot of information and um, I don't get out as much because all I'm doing is studying. If I'm not studying, 
I'm networking. I'm looking at different avenues. Um, you, you know, the sky's the limit for this business because, you, you know, uh, friends of mine, interesting enough, was like, well, why food safety? You know, man, you, you know, because a lot of them are business owners and, you, you know, they see that um, instant gratification from revenue and who wouldn't. But, you know, I my vision was a little different. And, you know, I like to equate it to uh, my business is a marathon as opposed to a sprint, because what I want to do is garner these relationships with businesses and entities and be that go to. Because, you, you know, with COVID, that's when everybody got concerned about uh, personal hygiene, sanitation, you know, washing hands. That has always been a staple. Of Here we mine. go. You, you know, and, you know, it's just um, people don't look at it until a situation happens. And then the alarm bell rings and then you want to get concerned. But from my perspective, uh, safety has always been first, you, you know, and I like to um, incorporate that and share that with people because they don't think about it until it's in it. And that's a human instinct. You know, you don't think about it until you're effective about it. But the reality is. You know, I keep going back to the word proactive. You, you, you know, if you're proactive, you don't have to be reactive. And, you know, it's uh, communicating that. And with the whole food safety, it, you know, it sort of went over my head. Uh, I got to um, explain in that. But I like to equate food safety with our power grid. You understand we can't live without power. I mean, it would be a short existence if our power grid failed. Facts. So I like to equate uh, food safety to that because with a tainted food supply, you can't survive either. So, I mean, you can pick and choose. I mean, I know we need power, but everyone on this earth needs um, safe food to sustain themselves. So the arena and avenue that I am is very well needed. So that's why I made the choice. And plus, I love food safety. I love to cook too, but that's for another day. <laughs> Bruh. All right. Um, let's go back for a quick second. And how can people reach out to you for your services? Oh, great. Good question. Uh, well, actually, I'm on the national. Um, uh, oh, wow. Uh, <laughs> the National Restaurant Association's uh, ServeSafe website under um, Food Safety Instructor and uh, Registered Proctor. And also, uh, you can find me on the Department of uh, Agriculture and Consumer Protection's website under um, Food Course Directory. Now, what about your business? Okay, glad you asked that because actually my website just became live live as of yesterday, and my uh, address is the six P's, which is T H E, the number six, the letter P, and the letter S dot com. So that's six P's dot com. Okay, and my last question will be: And is there an email? Because some people just want to get to it. Right. So if you want to reach me by email, uh, you can reach me at newfoodsafety920 at gmail.com. All right. Let's say that again. Newfoodsafety920 at gmail.com. 
Okay. All right, Pat. Um, is there any last word, any last things you would like to share about this topic? Um, yeah. You, you, um, if you are serious about um, advancing or just learning a little more, because you don't have to uh, be in the food service in, in industry to be concerned about food safety because, you know, this affects your family. And that's one thing that when you do take these courses, it's an added bonus because you get to take that knowledge home and share it with your family. So, uh, oh, and I, I didn't mention it, but it'll be on my website. Uh, I'm also going to be providing a um, cooking experience where uh, I incorporate um food safety. So you'll get a, you know, a little dose of food safety training along with uh, preparing certain dishes. Cause as I indicated, I'm a self-proclaimed chef. Oh, just self-proclaimed. Okay. And I'm in, I show up for food. I'm not going to lie. And if I can be trained while I show up for food, that's bonus. And, and it's fun, you, you know, because, uh, you know, you learn, you know, new items that you may want to make at home and they're fun. It's not nothing that's going to be intense or, you know, ingredient heavy, just some fun items. And plus you learn certain sanitary practices along the way. Okay. Pat, thank you so much. And now Kosh listeners, you know what time it is. It's time for us to start winding down. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you for spending time with us. Thank you for giving us your minds and your ears. Um, thank you for learning with us today. Uh, we had a lot of good information. There was definitely a vibe in the space. Um, we shared good energy today, and I'm glad we got to share it with you. Uh, as you know, we are a work in progress always. So if you would like to be a guest, if you'd like to suggest a guest, if you would like to send a shout out, whatever it is, please, please, please feel free to reach out to us at askthekosh at gmail.com. Once again, that is askthekosh at gmail.com. You know, I personally read all emails and things happen. Um, good connections happen. So reach out to us. Um, also, Kosh listeners, you you know, I've been making this request and some of you have been doing it and I appreciate it. Uh, take the time to subscribe to the Kosh. Uh, it helps to raise our analytic profile so more people can find out about it. Also, take the time to leave us a review. Let us know how we're doing. Um, reviews also do the same thing. Help raise our analytics. Uh, analytic profile so people can find out about the cash we think we got something pretty special going on here and we want more and more people to find out about us and also as uh, we release episodes if you hear a good episode share it take the time to share the cash on your social media for us um, tell others about the cash um, as uh, it was stated earlier by pat our profile is is uh being elevated a little bit there's more and more listeners each week and uh we really do appreciate appreciate you all who are tuning in so now we really get to my favorite part of the show let's make this happen it is shout out time pat who you shouting out well uh first and foremost i'd like to give a shout out to my mom sandra springer uh She's my biggest critic, 
but also my biggest fan. And um, I know she'll get to hear this at some point. And also my brother, uh, Lee Ray, uh, who also, when I wanted to maybe go in another direction and, you know, started second guessing, you know, what it was that I wanted to do because of certain roadblocks, uh, he was instrumental in, you know, pushing me in a good way. And, you know, I recently thanked him for it because he's seen all the things that's been coming my way. And he was like, see, I told you. You know, I even gave a um, social media shout out to him. And a lot of people don't do that, but it was genuine. You know, I could have told him in the living room, you, you know, but right. I wanted to make sure he knew how much I appreciated it by blasting it out there in social media. And, um, yeah, those two. Um, also, uh, I haven't seen her in a long time, but um, i like to give a shout out to Meg Waldo. Uh, she was my... Um, uh, um, HR director for many years and um, without Meg's um, uh, pushing um, I definitely wouldn't be in the food safety space because she's seen some things in me many years ago this was the early 2000s and I wasn't interested in it but she's seen it she's like no you're really good with people and you're really good and I'm like no 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 but I thank her. I thank her. I thank her. I lost contact, but uh, I am reaching out to get in touch with her uh, because she done so much for me. And um, again, I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing and doing more importantly, what I love if uh, I didn't take that initiative. And also, she really taught me how to be a professional. I, you, you know, she took someone with raw talent and she figured out, you know, what you know, what I had and what she saw and she pushed and pushed and pointed out things that were already in me, but I just didn't know. And she helped bring those things out. So again, uh, Meg Wado, I would like to give a shout out to you and my next shot. I got a few shots because there's a lot of people that um, are instrumental in Pat Haney's development. Wait a minute. Like I'm going to tell you like church, take your time, take your time. Uh, the next will be Karen Store, and she uh, owns the 9th Street Wellness Center East in Green Bay. Uh, she's a pillar in the community. Uh, she helped me um, tremendously. Uh, I almost feel like she's my agent because she'll call me, Pat, hey, I need you to be here. I need you to be there. And I'm like, oh. she's like, bring your business cards. I mean, she, and she just puts me in front of so many people. And she is such a genuine, genuinely great person. I mean, I love spending time with her. And um, there's not too many people that she doesn't know. But uh, I definitely want to give a shout out to her because she was with me when things were just on paper. And now seeing things materialize, um, it, it feels so good. And I know she's, uh, she's really happy for me. And... Um, uh, last but not least, uh, Ron Franklin, the uh, director of entrepreneurship in Green Bay. Uh, he and I has worked on some uh, initiatives and he's pointed me in directions that otherwise I wouldn't have been pointed into um, some aspects of my business that I didn't get opportunity to, um, you know, cover today. But they'll be coming in the future. Um, he's seen the vision and 
not only did he see it, he ran with it and was like, no, Pat, you need to do this, that. And I'm like, wow, I thought I was the only one that thought that or saw it, but he even took it even further. So again, I would like to give a shout out to Ron Franklin and uh, Green Bay. And uh, he and I will be talking soon, so I'll let him know. I like it. You came ready. That's what I'm you talking think so? about. I like it. All right. Uh, my shout outs for this week. Um, <clears throat> let me give a shout out to uh, Lona over at uh, Chicago House of Hoagies in Menasha. It is the she's having her one year anniversary festival. It is beautiful when we have a business of color who is making it and has great food uh i've definitely been there her food her hoagies are fire and uh i'm gonna go try to sneak out there today and and give support um to the celebration because it's amazing that she has made it for one year um i want to send a shout out to uh dr bell rovell fanny laura um and ariella for Getting awarded the Future 15 from the uh, Chamber of Commerce, uh, Fox City's Chamber of Commerce. Um, uh, I can't think of the name of the uh, the group, but uh, they are being celebrated. Um, all people of color. It is a beautiful thing. Um, the moves that are being that are happening in our region. I cannot. I can't say how proud. I can't express enough how proud I am of who the community is becoming and the fact that the community is recognizing that we need to celebrate everyone. The people who have particularly been left out of these celebrations for a long time is I'm glad that we are now acknowledging and taking the time to make sure that we, they are being included in these recognitions and these celebrations. Now it's powerful and it truly shows who we're becoming. It truly makes us a community so a uh, big shout out to them um want to send a shout out to the ea pelkey family fanatics uh my in-laws are fanatics about ea and they post up all week long and have a great time and i got to spend some time with them uh out near the EA ground. We don't go on EA ground. We 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 sit along the fence line of EA ground. <laughs> and because they've been doing it so long, they got friends that let us sit in a yard and we just get to sit right like next to the flight line and get this amazing view that nobody knows exists. And uh thank you for inviting me. Thank you for having a great time. Uh, thank you for inviting me to be part of the fanatics. Uh, I am one of you. You already know that. And I would like to send a shout out to Kayla from the Boys and Girls Club. Great job. Um, just for all the hard work you have been doing. Um, and <clears throat> one last shout out to the city of Appleton. Um particularly for the groundbreaking of the of the um, the library, um, the Appleton Public Library. Uh, I was there for the groundbreaking. It was amazing. They say to understand the impact of an event, look around and see who's not there. And the great thing about this event was everyone was there, all sorts of people all sorts of people, all sorts of social classes of people, um, 
all sorts of uh, backgrounds of people, all sorts of uh, race, uh, culture, like everyone was there, which tells me that library, it truly feels, everybody feels like it's their library too. And that's a powerful statement for a community. All right. So I see that uh, I believe Pat has something else he wants to add. Pat done thought about somebody else he wants to shout out. Go ahead, Pat. Yes, I would definitely be remiss if I did not give a shout out to my beautiful daughters, Narissa and Ariana. So, again, um, I'd like to thank you for having me on. I mean, the pleasure was all mine. And I know um, you and I will get together in the future because there will be more things to discuss. All right. I have one more. Um, there's one more thing we got to do before we wrap up here. It's the last thing of the show, and you get choices. So this is where you get the option to share some parting words of wisdoms with the uh, Kosh listeners, or option B. Option B is what would yourself today share with your 12-year-old self? Or option C, which is both, all of the above. So which one you want to do, Pat? Uh, let's go with option A. Let's go. You know what? I would like to say um, to treat life like an elevator. And to do so, you always have to be willing to let people off on their floor and to, and to continue on to your destination. Okay, that was too deep and too simple. I love it. <laughs> All right, the cash. 